0: I'm Sarah Grace McCandless, and this is On Brand, where we take a closer look at our growing desire for connection and how that plays out in various aspects of the business. This is a topic I'm very passionate about, and we've had a number of guests on the show from both emerging and established brands kind of giving us their take on what that means. And my guest today represents a global brand, and we're going to take a little bit of a different angle on this and hone in on the idea and the concept and innovation around digital transformation. Kriti Kapoor is with HP, and she's here today to talk on that subject with us, and particularly on more of the employee transformation and the efforts that HP is doing and that Kriti is now leading and how that's cascading throughout the business as a whole. Kriti, welcome to OnBrand. Thanks, Sarah Grace. It's great to see you again. It's been a I, while. Yeah, it has been a while. I feel like you're... So close, just up the road in Seattle. Um, It's been a long time, though, since we've seen each other in person. Hopefully, that'll change soon. We have so much to talk about today. Um, Digital transformation, I mean, that is a huge subject in itself. We won't get to everything. It's near and dear to our hearts, too, at Sykes. We have an entire division that's dedicated to this, the Sykes Digital Services Group. But I want to talk about you. So let's start. Let's, let's lay the uh, foundation here. Tell our listeners about your background and your career, and then what got you to your current role.
1: Sounds great. Uh, I mean, this is a pretty long, long story and journey, but I'll, I'll try and be as succinct as I can. Um, I've worked in the technology industry for about 25 years now. I started my career as a technical sales consultant, moved into customer services delivery work, um, and then uh, made a transition into the world of marketing, um, where I was working in marketing both at Dell and then at HP. Um, And about seven or eight years ago, I started seeing the world around me changing really dramatically in the way Uh, customer expectations were changing, the way brands wanted to connect with customers. Um, And a lot of those conversations at work were starting to become about digital and digital technologies. And obviously digital has been around for 20 odd years or so, but in the way brands were engaging with customers that was starting to change. So we were seeing the emergence of social media that, that we're all very familiar with now, as well as mobile and mobile platforms and mobile messaging. Um, So I pivoted my career from uh, a marketing lens and a marketing role into social customer care. Um, So five or six years ago, when I moved from Singapore to Silicon Valley, I was leading HP's social customer care team. And in that role, um, you know, I had responsibility for HP's global social media and online communities strategy and operations for customer care and support. Had a great time doing that job, learned a great deal about how to listen, how to engage, and how to respond to customers at scale. Um, And that job actually led me to Microsoft, where I did a very similar role at Microsoft, again, leading strategy and operations for social care there. Um, And Microsoft obviously took scale to another level. Uh, To give you some context, Microsoft's platforms, uh, you know, online communities, Bringing about 1 billion customer reviews a year uh, where people are seeking support for questions that they're struggling with or tech support issues that they're having online. And we were delivering care to customers in 24 languages around the world. Um, while I was at Microsoft, I started getting exposure to the world of gig economy and gig platforms and how freelancers and, and considering freelancers or gig experts Um, How we could tap into a model like that to have each Microsoft's customers at the time um, provide support at scale. So tapping into the knowledge and expertise of people that already know and understand the products, are familiar with them, love them, um, can work from home and could be able to answer any technical question that came in at scale, anything minus... Um, things that uh, entail personally identifiable information, right, or things that related to privacy and security. So when I started looking at gig economy and gig platforms, that then led me into this journey around automation. And we started looking at virtual agents and how we could bring in virtual agents into the support environment. Um, So one thing led me to another, and and I um, actually accepted a job at a company called UiPath um uh which was the last company i worked with before coming back to hp and at uipath i started getting exposure to this world of robotic process automation Um, and essentially what the company does and what uipath offers and, and a number of vendors like them now are technology platform providers offer a toolkit that allows people like you and me business users who don't have a lot of technical coding software development experience to be able to look at a simple process or a task that we would be doing on a repetitive basis, on a day-to-day basis, and look at how we can automate that for ourselves. So think about Alexa and skills and how people can build skills for Alexa. Now you can start building robots that assist you with with your day-to-day work and your day-to-day jobs. Um, So as building UiPath's global, uh, you know, RPA, robotic process automation uh, community, and then an opportunity opened up for me at HP to come and help HP and, and work on HP's internal strategy for digital transformation to do exactly this and build an internal automation, intelligent automation community. So that's what's led me uh, back to HP now. Uh, and I've been here about three months.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That's really quite a trajectory there. Um, thanks for sharing that background too. And, and, you know, a lot of what you said really Speaks and sings to my heart. I know uh, you know our organization um, certainly RPA and um, you know with transformational capabilities and the acquisition of Symphony Ventures, which was actually UiPath as a partner of. So we have a lot of sort of things happening in tandem, kind of kindred spirits here in terms of understanding and prioritizing what gi- digital transformation can do. Whether that's from you know an IA standpoint, the world of self-service and learning honestly, we could talk about this probably for hours. Um, I do want to talk, okay, so now you're back at HP. I, I didn't say your title when we started this interview. Um, tell me about your title. I did that on purpose, because I think that there's a story within that itself. And it's kind of a nice segue of, you know, from what you just told us from your career history as well.
1: Sure, I'd be happy to talk about that. So it it is a little bit of a, a mouthful, but it's, my title is uh, Director of Intelligent Automation Community and Digital Championship. Um, and what that actually entails is, is you know, just following on from the conversation that, that, um, that led me to this role, right? So uh, essentially what we're looking at is the, the future of work as we know it is changing extremely rapidly. Let's say knowledge work. factories and we know you know factories have gone through the industrial revolution we're now in a fourth industrial revolution which is actually the automation automation era or or automation age Um, and so what we're seeing is that knowledge work as we know it um, work that you and i do on a day-to-day basis is getting impacted is getting influenced it's getting determined and shaped by automation and that's going to be you're going to see more and more of that happening in the workplace. So how virtual agents are able to assist customer care agents in the back end, um, so that customer care agents can get answers and outcomes and get to better answers faster for their customers and in order to deliver a better service. As you know, you and I've talked about that uh, on a number of occasions in the past. Or if you think about sales teams and how automation is helping sales teams to deliver, you know, better pricing strategies, better um, proposals, let's say, to customers and to be able to forecast with them and plan with them uh, for for their needs moving forward. That's also shifting. A mm-hmm. lot of companies are adopting software as a service technology. So it's less it's become less about I'm buying something that's a point in time and it's going to go end of life. And business models are changing to more that are consume consumption based. So that requires a very different kind of thinking. It requires a very different kind of analysis and conversations. And through the use of uh, data analysis, AI, reporting, automation, we can equip our people with much more uh, sophisticated, let's say, capabilities or even basic capabilities around reporting and analytics. They didn't that they didn't have at their disposal before to make better decisions and to drive better outcomes with customers or with partners or even internal employees, right? Yeah. So that, that leads me to my role, which is, um, you know, so as Directive Digital Championship and, and focus specifically on intelligent automation, what we're looking at is um, there are a plethora of low code and low code tools that companies like UiPath, Microsoft, Automation Anywhere, Pegasystems, I mean, the list goes on and on. ServiceNow just did an acquisition as well. Mm -hmm. All these technology providers are saying, we want to bring in toolkits that are going to help people like you and me build automations for our day-to-day work. But there's a distinct lack of knowledge and know-how within our employee base on how to do this. If you're technically inclined and if you are a software developer, then you know, okay, here's how I design a workflow, here's how I would code something. But now you're even taking that coding effort away. So think about people that are working with macros in Excel, you've just made Excel that much more easier and that much more powerful. And that's exactly what's gonna happen with other tasks and processes that you're involved with. We see a lot of our systems, I mean, HP is an 82 year old company, we've been through lots of mergers, lots of um, acquisitions that we have done our infrastructure is a legacy infrastructure and that is typically what you find in most organizations globally every government every industry on the planet is in that is in that space unless you're a digital native company like an uber or like a, you know a lyft or some of the Airbnb and all these guys right that were digital digitally native companies mm-hmm. and our legacy systems don't talk to one another and data has become the thing that is the thing that flows through the entire organization. So we find like a lot of our people are spending at least 30% or 40% of their time grabbing data from one system, putting it into another, doing something with it, then moving it into another. So when we look at digital transformation, a lot of it is about that, which is there's a lot of mundane, repetitive, automated tasks that people do on a day-to-day basis that can be, should be, and could be automated, and we should. And so in my role, I've come in to take a look at what are those opportunities that we can can empower people with, give them the toolkits, help them understand how to start their own journeys in automation, build their own robots, have their own digital assistants that are running. And if you've built an assistant for yourself that allows you to do something productive for yourself at work, then you can take that and make that available to other people in the organization, too. So that's what a lot of my role entails. I hope I've been able to articulate that um, clearly.
0: I love the way you articulated it. I mean, again, this is a conversation, um, you know, with our Psychs Digital Services group that we are having, um, and there's kind of an array, I would say, of sort of um, where people are on this journey where our, our current or um, potential brand partners are on this digital transformation journey but you really i love what you said about sort of taking these mundane tasks and finding a way that we can automate that and you know i know from our experience that that helps our teams then kind of frees them up to be able to focus on the more nuanced items while the automation is kind of working with them in tandem um behind the scenes in the background um, Yeah. So, and and it makes sense, right? This is the future of work, and it's an exciting time to be at the forefront of this. Now, you mentioned HP, eighty plus years, global brand, uh, just a juggernaut, really, when you think about it, with both a B two C and a B two B presence. I think that that's really fascinating. I'm curious. Can you take me um, talk about how your efforts? So, let's talk about maybe the employee. Side of things, employee experience a little bit more than that consumer-facing. So, how is that transformation? What is sort of the, what are the priorities right now? What are you seeing? What are some of the trends there?
1: So, uh, yeah, I, I think the foundational trend is around um, skill set, right? So, what we're seeing is there's a fundamental reskilling and upskilling of people that needs to happen. Um, The World Economic Forum actually put out a report last year. It's called the Future of Jobs Report 2020. Um, And what they were talking about was the fact that in the, that it's going to take about six months of effort or so for somebody to reskill and upskill themselves to to move into this world uh, or, or learn and adopt and adapt to digital scaling. And it's not just about learning digital tools like big data or AI, even AI basics or fundamentals or robotic process automation or analytics. But I think there's a digital transformation toolkit that that we're now looking at, that all of our people are getting trained on. And that, that includes things like Agile. And it's a mindset change. It's an automation first mindset. Um, you're looking at, um, uh, sorry, I was talking about Agile. We were talking about digital transformation, fundamentals and basics in 101 learning about these different platforms, like what does big data mean and AI mean and RPA mean, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, we just went through training around um, a growth mindset as well. So again, it is like there's structural changes that are happening in the place of work that that HP is behind and, and our, our transformation team is focused on. Um, and again, like I said, in my role I'm looking at the automation element of this. and and bringing that as part of everyone's day-to-day toolkit as well. So, um, and I think what this does is it allows us to have conversations around, there's no shortage of ideas, but how do you get from idea to execution? Or I talk about from idea to automation as quickly as possible. Um, So the more agile you are, the more you can iterate, get small bite-sized chunk improvements, put something out there, test it, learn from it, Um, It's a a very, very different way of working than the traditional way of working, which was we've had a fully baked plan. Here's our three year strategy of how we're going to get from X to Y. And so much changes between now and then that it's okay to have a North Star. But the way in which you get there is going to be a very different
0: journey, not the way you thought it was going to be. I love that. That's uh, that is spot on, and I think that will, being going in with that willingness to be agile and nimble is is really critical to success. You know, it's funny listening to um, talk about this. There's a lot of terminology there, you know, and I think for some it can be a little off putting or it can be confusing. Uh, we we see digital transformation used a lot, um, sometimes misused a lot. Um, It kind of reminds me, and you coming from a social background, I think you'll get this. There was a time where I felt like there was a similar sort of hesitancy when it came to social, you know, and really understanding what all that terminology meant and, you know, what is that Wizard of Oz and understanding how it all worked. And I think that, you know, when you really break it down in terms of understanding what we mean by RPA and just talking about practical applications, it starts to make sense, feels a little bit more ready to embrace and absorb, but there's a lot to be done there. And, you know, I'm curious what your advice would be to organizations who maybe don't feel like transfer digital transformation and these types of efforts are the priority right now. What would you say to that? Why would, do you think it should be the priority? And if so, why?
1: Um, yeah, so I think maybe first if I can talk about the definition of digital transformation. That yeah, that'd be, be great. Now, if we can talk about that, right? So,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: digital transformation is actually the adoption of digital technology that's allowing companies to transform products and businesses, and we're also looking at replacing non-digital or manual processes and replacing older technology with newer technology. So. All of this work that we're talking about is digital transformation. Yes. Digital solutions themselves are allowing and enabling, like I said, every government on the planet and every industry on the planet, every educational institution, healthcare, it doesn't matter which industry you're now looking at as well, to drive towards greater efficiency, greater uh, automations, less error, uh, improved compliance, less risk, Better services in general for customers I, I, and partners. right? I, and of course, COVID has been a huge forcing function, not just for one country, one sector, one economy. It's been a forcing function and a catalyst, I think, for digital transformation for all companies and in all industries and all governments around the world. For me, even to go find a place where I can go find a vaccine for myself today, mm-hmm. it's an, almost an impossible task. And even when I go in, there's no way for me to say, I'm going to get proactive alerts and notifications of when my turn's going to come up, when I'm going to get notified, am I going to be able to get a text message around it? So if you think about something as simple as basic as that, uh, and for me not to have access to that information, that in itself I think is an impediment for us to get out of something like a pandemic, right? So, um, and of course, through digital transformation, again, companies like HP and others that are evolving at the same time, it's super important, um, you know, to, to innovate, to be creative. Um, that's what people are looking for at work as well. No one really wants to come to work and do the same thing over and over again um, in, the, in the place of work. People want to be engaged. They want to be excited. They see problems all around and they want to be part of the solution um, to, uh, to be part of the solution and to make things happen. And so in addition to digital transformation, one of, one of the things I didn't mention earlier was around democratization as well. So one of the concepts that I'm, I'm educating people about at HP as well and the teams that I'm working it with is we've had a traditional center of excellence led model around how we do anything, right? We have dedicated teams that get set up, Um, You have plans that get built for multi-year. This dedicated group of people then goes and drives an IT project or drives a transformation project. And again, the pace of change of business and the pace of change that's ahead of us doesn't allow us for that time anymore. And if we continued on that journey, we'd only be able to get to a small volume of the opportunities in front of us, as opposed to they may be very high in value of what we could deliver, but not necessarily enough in volume. So with democratization, now what you're doing is the everyday person's job or the everyday person's um, tasks or, or efforts that you're doing, people can now start looking at things for themselves and say, can I automate this task for myself? Can I change the way in which I'm even thinking about how I do this work or my team does this work? Can we automate it? Can we augment it with automation? Or can we abandon this because this no longer is relevant, right? So that's part of the cultural and mind shift change in the way um, digital transformation is even allowing and and is a catalyst for these conversations to happen in the workplace uh, as well. So to answer your question, the first question that you asked me is like, is this important? Is this necessary? I would say this is a yes and. Um, I don't think it's an either or conversation. It's just a degree of how quickly does an organization want to evolve Um, I don't have all the data in front of me, but I think if we look at the Fortune 500 companies and how many of them existed 20 or 30 or 50 years ago, the number of those companies is declining over time. And why is that the case? It's because those that are able to transform and evolve are the ones that have longevity and the, the ones that are not are being the ones that are being left behind. And those businesses will either stagnate or die or shut down or be acquired. Uh, and we continue to see a lot of that uh, happening around the world.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we, you know, I know in our conversations, too, when we're looking at these ways that we can apply digital transformation, I mean, ultimately, yes, it's about the employee experience. It's about operations, how the business runs. But, of course, that will cascades into the customer experience as well. And you're really just building a, a better ship, a bigger boat. Um, and I think you're right about, you know, those I love the yes and as well. I, I also spoke to the, I did improv for five years. That's an improv yes and on everything. So, no, but you know what, it's so funny. I remember my parents were like, theater minor, what are you gonna do with that? And it's amazing how much those principles come into the workplace because it is, they really do reflect a lot of sort of, uh, I think best practices in business as well. Um, you know, we talked-
1: Are you okay if I make it real for people just to give one story and one example? sure. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, and I'm collating, by the way, a a catalog of these stories within HP um, as well. Um, But we have an analyst in Guadalajara in Mexico. His name is Horacio. Um, He works in our finance team. He's worked in finance for seven years. He's a business user, data analyst. Um, So he works in our internal audit function. And one of the tasks that he was, you know, tasked with doing as part of his job was, you know, Horacio, can you please grab information about our hundred or so auditors that we have at HP? When they submit their PTO, their, their time off requests in HP systems, can you grab that information? and take it and put it into HP's internal audit time tracking system because the HR system and the internal audit time tracking system, they do not talk to one another. So Horacio would spend two hours a week of his time trawling through all the PTO requests, putting them into Excel, taking it from Excel, and then moving it into the internal audit system. We ran a an, a a botathon last year at HP where we said, "Hey guys, you know we're introducing this concept of automation." He got exposed to RPA um, in that in that conversation in that workshop, and he thought, "Listen, this is a mundane, repetitive task. It doesn't add a lot of value to my life. It's necessary and important for the business that we do. This can I automate this?" So where he went from this environment where he was spending two hours a week of his life build, you know, doing this work to now a fully automated, error-free, 100% accuracy robot that does this work for him, and this now goes and checks on his, he can go and run this robot at when he needs to and when he wants to, and it's given him 96 hours of his life back to him. That's what I mean by democratization. Uh, That's what I mean by, you know, transformation that's happening at a grassroots level in the company. Right. So one simple story. And like I said, I'm so excited because there's a lot of this stuff going on all around HP. And I'm uh, excited to build a, a catalog of this to start sharing more and more.
0: Well, I think you're right on with stories like that. That really just bring this all to life, really bring the concept to life. It's so easy to kind of visualize it, see it, understand it. We talk about the power of story in the show a lot. And I love how you brought that in there. Um, you know, you also did touch on, you know, obviously 2020 is quite, it was quite a year impact in a lot of different ways. You have touched on that. Is there anything else that kind of comes to mind? Any learnings? Um that are coming out as a result, perhaps even some silver linings as, as we move forward into the new year that came as a result of everything we experienced.
1: Um, I mean, there's so much. There is so much. I think, you know, community and the power of your community, whether it's communities at home, your family, your friends, community within work. Um, Uh, Yeah, and I love the fact that that is actually part of my job title as well, right, because my role is about bringing a, a group of learners, users, super users, experts, adopters, industries, together to have a dialogue and conversation about where the future of work is going, how we bring our communities together, how I actually end up creating a community within HP as well, right, of practitioners as well as champions and advocates as well. So I think the for me, like a big lesson that I've learned personally is we all get so busy and caught up in our day-to-day lives of things we need to do and, and outcomes we you're goal, going for that we sometimes lose the sense of community But it's actually our community that carries us forward. It mm-hmm. gives us our sense of identity, our purpose, our place in the world. Um, and I went through a fair share of hardships, my own hardships last year. And I relied on and and called on my communities from here to Singapore to the U.S. to my family, uh, to my industry communities to rely on them to lean on people to help me through personally through a very very difficult period. Right. So that I think is um, is one of the biggest takeaways. Is don't let's not forget that. Let's always continue to embrace uh, our communities. Uh, the second thing is I think now with technology and again the acceleration of 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 what's happening with with adoption of technology I think this is a um, an equalizer uh, to a large extent even though there are people in the world that still don't have the kind of access that you and I have Sarah grace to technology and capabilities but that is happening and it's going to happen very fast and even with the spread of mobile and mobile apps and mobile phones and and 4G, 5G networks, etc. So the access to information, to knowledge, to people, to ideas, that is all getting accelerated at a very rapid pace. And it's amazing the amount of content that's out there and the number of people that are out there that are willing to share, to learn, to exchange. Uh, and that is going to, over time, I think become an equalizer for, for the world, which I think is fantastic. And it's important for us, not to leave people behind that's the other thing that i think about is again through my work yes of Mm -hmm. course i'm looking at internal transformation but how do we also continue to contribute to digital equity digital equality sustainability goals and doing leaving the world and the planet in a better place than in which you found it right so those are all the things that i've become even more present to even though they were part of me before they've just become more, they're, they're more in front of me now than they ever have been.
0: What's yeah, it been I mean, like? For me? Yeah. Uh, you mean the impact of this last year?
1: Yeah, and then and you know, sort of what, it, what, yeah,
0: learning well, and what you've seen as well. Yeah. When you said community, that really spoke to my heart. You're absolutely right. Whether that's the community um, that I work with, you know, both, both internally, within the Sykes organization and all of the brand partners that we work with as well and really leaning into that. But I have also, uh, you know, communities that are really near and dear to my heart that were critical for me in this last year, whether that was my writing community, dance, yoga, um, my dog community. I'm a dog mom, as you know. So, I mean, I think you're right. I think that we were reminded how important that is. And also, what does connection look like when we can't do it in person? when it's not face-to-face. Now I have always worked remotely. I travel a lot for my career that of course was put on hold last year. Um, but finding new ways that we can connect and then drive meaning too. Um, and a lot of that has to do, I think, with conversation and finding these like-minded topics that bring us together. You know, And I bet you could probably list off a few that uh, really speak to you personally. I, you know, I know that you have your own passions. You're you know, before all this, you're an avid traveler. And I know that you love photography as well. So, um, so we all have that. So I think, you know, I and I felt very grateful coming out of the last year too. And from a, from a customer journey, social aspect, which is where I, you know, I do a lot of my efforts is how you and I first met. Um, I was busier than ever. Social didn't shut down. So, thank <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes, very grateful for that too. It's can great. You, can great. you imagine us
1: having gone through a global pandemic without technology? Can you imagine what the world would have been like?
0: I mean, no, and and just think about like information exchange. You mentioned vaccines, the way in which we're able to set up appointments, track it, get notifications. You know, because when I think of social, it's not just you know your Twitter's and Instagrams of the world. I I'm looking at messaging and SMS, MMS, um, forums and review sites and stuff. And they're all became more critical. And let's not even go to the e-commerce side of things that just exploded last year. Right. So, um, you know, and I think we were both forced to kind of slow down and also still wanted some immediacy in things. So what is the right balance of that? Um, you know, when you were talking about community, I was thinking about the technology community, and I think a great place, um, Gosh, I could just talk to you. Maybe I'll, we'll have to have a multi-part series here and have you come back in the, in the summer or the spring. But I would,
1: to, I would love to come back with more stories for sure. Well, you
0: know, and I love that you're, you're three months into this new role here, um, and I think we should do that because I'd love to hear like things are moving rapidly and, and what are your perspectives and new stories as you continue to go deeper in this role. Um, you know, you did touch on the educational outreach program, the future of work skills. Um, that got me thinking about community. Um, and I also started thinking about, if you want to talk a little bit about that um, as well. And then I want to ask you a, a, one more question about your the technology community.
1: Okay. Um, so, yes, as, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, uh, you know, digital equality, Digital equity is, is going to be really, is, it's very near and dear to my heart. You know, I started my career as a technical sales consultant and someone took a bet on me and said, hey, you know what, you're an early career hire, let's bring you in, let's put you through a structured program that we have. I went through an interview process, got selected for that role, and it changed and altered the course of my life and career pretty dramatically. It set me on a course. Um, in in the technology industry itself, which is where I've worked uh, my entire life. And as a result of that, I've had the opportunity to live and travel around the world to learn, to adapt, to fall, to get up, get back up again, to be challenged, to, uh, like I said, learn and adapt and build, continue to build resilience, uh, even in the face of adversity. Um, And there are many people that are still getting left behind who don't have access like i said earlier to the, the kinds of things you and i have right so um, earlier this year uh, hp actually ran a botathon uh, with a number of hbcu colleges in the texas area in partnership with amazon web services and what we did there was to train about hundred students and bring automation skills and automation technologies and create an awareness With those students that hey the future of work the future of work and the world that you're about to step into is changing and we know that a lot of the time our academic curriculum and curricula is not keeping pace with the change of pace that we're seeing in industry right with the pace of yeah with the change of pace that we're seeing in industry and so through this simple effort we were able to create awareness among a population of about a hundred students in minority communities who got to work with and tinker around and play with how do I build my first robot? How do I build my first virtual agent to solve a marketing problem, to solve a customer care problem, to solve an HR problem? And it's now suddenly opened up a whole new world of possibilities for them. right? And so what I'm very keen in my role to do, and and I have the support of the organization as well, is to find and create more opportunities like that in partnership with other technology platform providers like Microsoft and Amazon and UiPath, et cetera, who have the toolkits. And now what we want to do is create access to those toolkits and make that available to many more students and many more universities around the world, right? So... So that is part of one of HP's core sustainability goals is people and there's the planet. Um, and so this this falls under the, the people angle uh, side of things.
0: Well, that that purpose is something that comes up a lot in my conversations. It's something I'm very passionate about too. And I think that uh, more and more now we're seeing that... Um, that's as important, if not more important, than the profit-driven types of decisions and initiatives. You know, how are we making the world a better place? What is the impact that we're leaving or having on other communities or giving opportunities for others? And I think that that's probably a great place to kind of wrap things up too. I mean, you have had quite an incredible career um, in the technology industry, which you know, frankly. For years, it had been predominantly um, a a very male-dominated industry. Um, I've been very fortunate to interview uh, a lot of female leaders in this space. I'm just curious what advice you would have for somebody who's maybe just getting started um, in the technology space and as they move forward and, and lean into their own leadership and career building as well. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, so first of all, jump in. Um, stuff is changing at such a rapid pace that anywhere you start is a great place to start. So I think that's the thing. Um, 25 years ago when I started, the tech industry was in a very different place. Um, there's many more opportunities now, many more platforms, um, many more places of connection that people can go to. So for me, it's like, I think it's actually one of the most fun, dynamic, interesting, challenging um, industries to work in. So I'd say just, first of all, let's just get started. Right. Um, I've also learned over time through my own career that, the, that it's really, really important to build a strong professional network. Um, and so as your career or your experiences in your career grow, building that network and communities, like I was saying before, and becoming part of something bigger, and not just focusing on the task at hand, that is important. What you do and what you deliver here and now is important, but what you're also becoming a part of and or creating or contributing to uh, is equally important. And then the third thing I would say is, and I I describe this as your body of work as well, right? Because again, stuff is changing at such a rapid level and pace that platforms like LinkedIn, you know, the podcast series, for example, that you're doing um, uh, with On Brand, Sarah Grace, these are all examples of like you can use these platforms to create and showcase your own body of work. These are the things I've done. These are the um, this is the impact I've made. This is the difference I've made contributing to others as well. Whether it comes to um, giving recommendations, giving referrals, helping people with their job searches, um, it really does truly take a village, not only to survive in this place, in this environment, but also to thrive. Um, and um, I, I would say that those are, the, those are the main things that I've learned and continue
0: to, when I
1: falter, which I do, uh, those are the fundamental principles that I come back to over and over again.
0: Well, that is sound advice. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Kirti, it's been so great to talk to you today, another kind of kindred spirit, really embracing and prioritizing that effort on digital transformation. I know that's so near and dear to our organization and our heart, looking to really revolutionize, you know, how we're doing these kind of end-to-end capabilities here. So it's great to hear it from your perspective, though, and your point of view. So much valuable insight there, and um, congratulations on the new role, and we'll. Let's talk again soon, get an update from you. Thanks for the opportunity, Sarah Grace. You're doing great
1: work. Thank you. Thank you.